the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, invested, and more. What's your financial question of the day? Okay, today's going to be an interesting day because there's some debate that is shaped in the business world. First hour, I'll hit the business story. Second hour, I tend to hit a little bit more personal finance with some business stories. We've had 17 straight up Tuesdays on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Again, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is just one index, and I don't think in any way, shape, or form you should put a lot of value in on one index. couple thoughts here. Um, later this morning, going to have, I believe, Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com uh, on the show. He and Jeff Rosen kind of alternate days to Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So we'll be talking big picture. Tesla takes off. Netflix flies. Barnes & Noble sputters. You've got a debate in Japan heating up. I know you're saying this is going to get juicy. It kind of will. Dan Loeb. Telling Sony you should break up. David Tepper, one of the most successful, highest-paid hedge fund managers in the world, he's still bullish on stocks, basically saying that you know once tapering starts, the market goes higher because it'll be a sign that the economy is improving. And it's kind of like the biggest no-brainer. But what could also happen is once tapering starts, people get fearful that the easy money will now have to be replaced with hard work. Anyway, so much to talk about. Let's take a look at the market numbers. S&P 500 up 7. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 37. The NASDAQ up 13. Okay, okay. It's a nice start for sure. Blackberries in the news in large part. They've got something magical coming yet again. I... I had an argument with Mark Dannon from Channel 4 Cron this morning, and the argument was based on this. Will you ever go back to technology that you now deem as not important? It's like, never. Like, I once loved Palm technology. And honestly, I don't know. Would I ever go back to it? I, I, I think the answer is no. Stock market was flat yesterday, so it wasn't really a day of buyers and sellers. It was just... Not a lot of conviction. 594 million shares here on the NYSE. Um, that would be what's known as a summer Friday. But we're two weeks away from summer in Memorial Day. Fed's talking about tapering. It knows Ben Bernanke. You know, it's data dependent. I've seen some Fed members come out and say, you know what, we're probably going to stop buying as many. You know, debt issues. So, there's a lot of stories out there. China, trimming their growth forecast. Germany, investor confidence out, weaker than expected. 
Philadelphia Fed President Plosser said the Fed should start tapering next month before it risks losing credibility. Plenty, plenty, plenty to chew on. That's one of the things that I like about the stock market is it does take a little bit of brain to play the game. Not much, but a little bit. A lot of people absolutely want to fight it and, you know, come up with crazy concepts of why you're wrong. And I'd be cautious with that. I don't want to be right. I want to play the game correctly. Take two interactives in the news today. They reported fiscal fourth quarter profit of 38 cents a share, better than expected by a lot. Strong sales of its Bioshock Infinite game, which if I had the time, I would play. Dell board members are calling on investor Carl Icahn to provide more details on his plan to keep Dell public and return $12 per share in cash or stock to shareholders. WellPoint Financial. Not WellPoint Financial, but WellPoint. They said four of their directors have resigned. Three of their directors have resigned. It's a health benefits provider board. They said the departures were all for personal reasons, but that seems a little bit odd. Saying no disputes between departed directors and fellow board members. Success or failure starts at the top, and that's something, you know, again, we pay attention to. Board of directors, CEOs. Taking a look at, you know, what what I'm expecting for from today is we're kind of out of earnings season. And because that, this is, you know, we start looking at economic data. Which, for the record, I had a little some nightmares last night, so... I don't think I'm stressed. I just think I'm thinking too much about the markets. KB Homes was downgraded to market perform from outperform. Back to take two. They make the incredibly violent Grand Theft Auto City games. And that's coming out sooner than later, the next version 5, I believe it is. That's something that can move the stock, especially if Bioshock Infinite keeps selling well. All 10 sectors trade in positive territory. Cyclicals are outperforming today. Financial Select doing well. The Spider Financial Select ticker symbol XLF, XLF. Apple's down a little bit. Chipmakers trade in line today. Biotech index is higher. So I think the most interesting angle today... Excuse me for sneezing. I think the most interesting angle today is this whole Dan Loeb telling Sony, shake things up, split up the company. Dan Loeb, by my admission, is a good-looking man. I know you're saying, I don't need to hear that, but he's a good-looking man. For him to say, Japan, you need to do business this way, Japan's going to look at him and go, screw you guys. I don't think so. Um... 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. The debate on Tesla has changed. And I bring this up because I couldn't have been more wrong on Tesla. I thought their cars were too expensive. I thought in a weak economy, that's not going to sell terribly well. I still think that. But people around the world are hearing the reviews, and people want them. They've done some ridiculous things like asking customers to pay early. But investors respond positively buying shares right now due to that very real Consumer Reports 99 out of 100 score. 
you know, the question is no longer are they viable. It's, you know, how do you measure their success, compare them to Ford or compare them to GM? They now have a larger market cap than Fiat. The share price is going to be the most challenging thing for, for investors to figure out because we can figure out the cars are good, but the share price is way too expensive in my eyeballs. And again, we will always, always see things differently. So David Tepper, he's basically very bullish right now. He says short sellers better have a shovel to dig out of their graves. He thinks we have a, a melt-up. He's warning short sellers who say, you know, you need a shovel to get themselves out of the grave. He's famous for his appearances on CNBC. They become market-moving events. It's interesting to pay attention to. Let's get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Don't forget you can find me online at Rob Black Show under Twitter. YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. Got briefing.com's Patrick O'Hare a little later this morning. Coming up in about 20 minutes. We'll take a break here, noting that the market's higher. SP up 8, Dow up 44, NASDAQ up 15. KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. Still a problem on West Sunday. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. The new Galaxy S4 out there. Blackberry says they've got a new phone coming for emerging markets this summer. Apple's got their developers conference in less than a month. What will they say? Dish Networks issued... $2.5 billion of some senior notes for Sprint acquisition, even though some people think it could take as much as $20 billion. $2 billion feels a little on the light side. So, lots going on today. Supervillains. Iron Man 3 did incredibly, incredibly well at the theaters. Doing incredibly well. That's good for Disney. The significance of Dow 15,000. I don't know. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I pride myself on that, that I'm not going to freak you out, I hope. Thieves stole $100,000 from Justin Bieber after a South African concert. They broke into a secure room at the stadium. And uh, stole $100,000 of concert money. I know you're saying, that's not news. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like news, does it? I'm with you on that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. See if I can't pull up the market numbers ever so quickly. Interesting that we've had so many positive Tuesdays this year. SP 500 up 9, the Dow up 45, the NASDAQ up 16. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. Chad, I get a lot of emails and a lot of phone calls on the confusion that is mutual funds, exchange-traded funds, no-load funds, ETFs, A shares, B shares, C shares. Let's demystify a little bit. What do we need to know? Well, it's gotten harder because this fee-based financial planning has come into play, and that's where what most people want to end up with because of the fiduciary aspect of it. 
knowing what you're paying for is important. So when people have A, B, C, there's even Z share mutual funds out there. What's a Z share? These C and Z shares are kind of like these quasi fee-based programs. So when when advisors want to be fee-based, but they can't do it because of the current company that they work with or they don't have the right licensing or whatever, they might use C share or Z share funds, which they look like they're no load because you don't pay anything to get into them, but their internal fees are often higher. Um, and they often have kickback issues um, to the firms that you work with. So, you know, if you have an A share, a B share, a C share, or a Z share mutual fund, you're not in a no-load fund. You're in a loaded fund environment. A shares, you pay large sales charges up front in exchange for lower ongoing fees. So if you're investing less than 100000 a lot of times the, the front end loads on an A share, 5.75%. You've got to get well more than that just to break even. Um, in a B-share mutual fund, you don't pay anything going in, but your your money's often tied up right. for five to six years, and your fees are higher for five to six years, and then they eventually the fee structure drops down. So, um, again, it's usually you end up paying more in a B-share, so I don't really like them. Okay. C-shares, they're even higher than a B-share in many cases, but the fees never drop, and they just pay the broker 1% every year. Um and the problem with those ABC share and Z share funds is is you're tied to the fund family. Right. So if you want to go from uh, large cap growth to a large cap value, you can only do it inside that fund family. You can't go outside of it without getting tied up again or paying another commission. So it's just not the right way to go. You want to be in the no-load fund environment or ETF environment that's out there. So typically I tell people you don't want to be in American funds. That's a fund family. You'd rather buy your funds at Fidelity or Vanguard or TD Ameritrade where there's such big volume houses, their fees are lower than anywhere else. Is that a statement that is wise, or, or am I... Typically, like when it comes to American funds, though, that's a, it's been a pretty successful fund company, um, right. and they actually now have a share class for fee-based advisors called F-shares. So you might see an F-share fund pick. Um, I've used a fund in the past. I don't own any right now. But, yeah, I mean, you can go... If you, if you want to know what is truly a no-load, you can look at, um, say, a TD Ameritrade or a Schwab's website and see what the no-transaction, no-load funds are okay. that are there. And you can see that they have no uh, front-end sales charge and no deferred sales charge. That way you know you're in a no-load fund. But look, Rob, I mean, what most people should be doing for their first hundred to 250000 is just looking at total stock market index funds. And the no-load like the Wilshire 5000? Um, Wilshire 5000 is the whole market. Right. But just um, there's, like Vanguard has the Vipers. That's total stock market funds on both the international and domestic side, um, the no-load fund side. And, and you can go in and... And get ETFs, which are exchange-traded funds, which are mutual funds that trade like stocks. Right. So you can look at the indexes. The internal fees are only about 0.08% per year. Extremely, extremely low cost. And there's a whole, you know, like a TD Ameritrade, for example, there's 100 different ETFs you can buy without even a trading cost. So getting, being able to invest in those types of funds is getting cheaper and cheaper. Which is great because that's one of the hindrances to performance. Mm-hmm. is uh, making mistakes absolutely will hinder your performance, but cost will hinder your performance. So you can eliminate one of the variables that will hurt you and try to go with as low fees as possible as far as the transactions and the funds you're choosing. Right, and that's why I say that, you know, indexing. I like both index and managed funds and individual stocks, but the way I tell people to start out is start off with the index approach because it's the lowest cost, the lowest tax issues that, that you're going to deal with. And especially when you're investing mostly in equities when you're younger and you don't need the bonds. As people get older, though, we worry about downside protection as much as upside potential. Right. So you can't just be in index funds, in my opinion, when you retire. 
With that said, you work for New Focus Financial, and people could find you at newfocusfinancial.com. We've got about a minute left in conversation time. Is there anything else that we need to know about? Well, I guess where you look for the different types of funds, um, where I use my index funds and my index ETFs are for my large cap and my mid cap areas. Yeah. But if I'm going international emerging markets, I typically like to really do dig in, do the research, and find managed mutual funds. So, for example, you look at Japanese stock market right now, and it's drastically underperformed the U.S. stock market. They have debt issues. They have an aging population. But there are specific companies in, in Japan that are doing very well. So you don't want just necessarily an index fund there. You'd want a, a, manage, a manager with boots on the ground in that country. They know the currency issues. Um, same thing with China, Indonesia, uh, you know, all the different places where emerging markets are, where, you know, two-thirds of the economic growth probably over the next two, two decades is going to come from. Well, that about clears everything up in my mind. I'm not sure about it in everyone's mind. <laughs> A shares, B shares, C shares, which one should we choose? I think we hit it all there. I'm Rob Black. That's Chad Burton. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. One of the more interesting side stories, it's not really going to add up to a lot as far as investments, but it's, it could. Fox and Twitter teaming up to promote TV shows. Twitter has a deal with ESPN to show highlights. They've got a deal now with Fox to distribute video clips. Twitter's very, very interesting. Coming up, i got Pat O'Hare from Briefing.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. of financial interest in the success of New Focus Finance. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Hopefully setting you up for, not to be fearful, and not to be greedy of the markets. S P five hundred's up ten this morning, the Dow's up fifty eight, the Nasdaq's up nineteen. Tuesday has been a particularly odd statistical run up for the Dow Jones Industrial Average, moving up every Tuesday so far this year. Will it continue that odd heads or tails flip kind of concept? Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare from briefing dot com. He is the chief market analyst. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hi Rob, doing fine, thanks. Um, good, good. Let's start off with what I just threw out there. Tuesdays are up all year long. Does anything like that, you know, strike you as odd, or do you play into it, or you just don't care? Yeah, no, I don't don't really play into that. I mean, it just it is what it is. Um, so, and it's a it's a neat little statistic, obviously, but it is fitting, I think, here with the complexion of a market that's been, uh, you know, undeniably bullish for an extended period of time. Now, this morning, David Tepper is making headline news. He's one of the most successful, highest-paid hedge fund managers in the world, and he's saying, you know, stocks are cheap, helped by monetary easing, and he started coming up with a phrase of, you know, as things start to taper off, as the Fed stops buying debt, that actually could mean the market moves higher because things are improving. I'm kind of uh, summarizing that a little bit too much. What did you read into the David Tepper comments this morning? Right. 
Well, they, they fit the bill of what this market loves to hear, right? Um, you know, he was someone, he is someone who's been right on the market for an extended period of time. Uh, he emphasized his continued bullishness today, uh, pointing specifically to the ongoing liquidity support being provided not only by the Federal Reserve, by basically every major central bank around the world. And those are some underpinning factors or, you know, certainly uh, that we talked about last week, even that uh, the fact that these central banks are doing what they're doing is providing this tremendous safety net here and instilling a good bit of confidence in those participants in the market who, you know, are just continue to push stock prices higher and are eager to buy on every dip. So um, it was, you know, really kind of the, the remarks fit you know, with what the market wanted to hear, um, and it has continued to show resilience, and, you know, we're benefiting from it again today. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst for Briefing.com, um, independent live market research, great website. I've used it for many, many, many years. Mr. O'Hare, you said that basically Tepper is telling the market kind of the message it wants to hear. You've mm-hmm. pinned a lot of pieces recently on commodities and materials. What are they telling you? Right. Well, um, some of the pieces I wrote uh, earlier in the year was simply alluding to the fact that they were providing some mixed signals. Um, You had a market that was running uh, very well, but you weren't getting the participation from the uh, basic material stocks or certainly the commodities, which are, you know, good indicators of economic demand or so it would seem. But, you know, one of the things that was uh, somewhat befuddling was that, you know, we're trying to determine whether the the weakness in commodity prices is really a function of uh, producers having added so much capacity during the run-up in, you know, 2008, and now that's coming online here, and uh, demand just isn't measuring up as they expected, so you get some weaker prices uh, versus there just being flat out, you know, no demand. We don't think there's no demand, but the fact that, uh, you know, you're seeing slower growth in China, the U.S. economy still struggling, struggling to achieve escape velocity, and the Eurozone clearly in recession, um, you know, demand pressures are holding down commodity prices, and they have driven a number of basic material stocks to uh, greatly reduce levels, uh, certainly relative to uh, where they were trading, say, five years ago. With basic material stocks trading well below they w- where they were five years ago, mm-hmm. as an analyst, would you say the individual investor or the professional investor should look for that underperformance to find its way back to the middle at some point? Yeah, you know, one of the piece of pen this week uh, kind of spoke to that point. You know, it was, it was a pretty admittedly simplistic approach to it in that, you know, we've seen a number of these stocks get hit really hard. You have a stock, say, like U.S. Steel. It's down 90% from its five-year high. Cliff Natural Resources uh, down 80%. Alcoa down 80%, right? So <clears throat> you've had uh, these uh, stocks get down marked markdown considerably. And and when I was thinking about this piece, it reminded me really of kind of like the home builders back in, you know, 2007, 2008, uh, when they were getting hit, you know, really hard as things were falling apart and their earnings were collapsing and nobody wanted to to own them. And, and, um, you know, while there was some price risk certainly on the way down when things bottomed in 2009, these stocks have certainly come back very strongly. 
the uh, home builders ETF is up about 300% from its 2009 low. Um, and so there was some opportunity there for the investment-minded individual who has a multi-year time horizon. You know, we don't think that uh, these basic materials companies are going to be self-destructive and just simply keep adding capacity here when, uh, when the demand hasn't measured up. If anything, we think they're likely to maybe shut in some production to help shore things up here on the pricing front and help bolster profitability and, you know, next year and the years beyond. And so when you have some stocks that are down 80, 90 percent from their five-year high, you know, would we be diving in full steam ahead right now? No, you know, because we're not really, you know, all that upbeat about the, the, the macro outlook at this point in time. But we do think there's some opportunity here to start, you know, nibbling, start building a base position perhaps in some of these beaten down names if you have the uh, ability to ride this cycle out. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Patrick, question about CNBC has recently turned into kind of media where hedge fund managers come out and defend their position or take down a company. It feels weird to me that we're letting the airwaves be used by billionaires to make a case. Am I making too much out of that? Well, you know, I might have uh, that same... um, bias that you have. I mean, I've been watching CNBC for 17 years straight every day. And so uh, so I've seen them all come on and I've seen them state their case in good times and in bad. And, and what strikes me is how, you know, there's often a tendency to highlight guests with extremely bullish positions at a time when the market is going gangbusters. And then you bring on the likes of Nuriel Rubini and, you know, some other bears who, uh, David Tice and people like that, who, um, you know, who are brought on when things, you know, look like they're about ready to correct, you know. And so there's a lot of noise there. And frankly, uh, you know, these hedge fund managers who've made billions are obviously successful, right? You know, it's not to say they don't have good viewpoints, but if someone's going to sit there and really act on something that's said within a two-minute segment and base their entire investment portfolio on that, it's probably a mistaken approach. You know, it's one thing to take stock of what they're saying, but then it's another thing to really sit back, take it in, do the research, and then make sure you're making good investments that are suitable for your own risk tolerances and uh, investment needs, long-term investment needs. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Briefing.com, Chief Market Analyst. Briefing does independent live market analysis. Once you use the service, you'll never go back. It's calm, it's cool, it's collected, it's informative, it's educational. Um, Is there anything that you're working on right now, Mr. O'Hare, that we should be aware of? Anything that you're seeing in the markets that, that is a flag for us to pay attention to, positive or negative? Well, you know, something I am looking at, and to the point we just discussed, really, is, you know, there's a lot of discussion right now about how the, um, you know, like the consumer staple stocks, these dividend payers, uh, utilities, telecom services names have really run up considerably in price because of the, you know, the reach for yield and the reach for safety, and and uh, we saw them outperform throughout the first quarter, and, um, <clears throat> you know, we do think that <clears throat> there's probably an opportune time here to maybe take some money off the table in those names, but... Again, you know, one of the points we've been emphasizing for some time now is that, you know, these are companies that, you know, if you're an income-oriented investor, um, you know, they still have appeal in our estimation here, even though they've run as hard as they have because, you know, they're dividend growers, um, and that's an important factor, and we, you know, call your listeners' attention to these dividend aristocrats who have, you know, long-standing history of raising their dividend uh, every year for at least the last 25 years. And so that, you know, they've seen their share of business cycles 
and they just have good businesses that are going to be there for the long term. And, you know, case in point, Clorox today raised its dividend 11%. That's a stock that's trading at a, you know, premium valuation. Um, but if your aim is income and you have a long-term horizon, there's still opportunity there in a name we think like a Clorox or Procter & Gamble, um, you know, names such as that that really have that long-standing history of, of you know, uh, increasing their dividends each year. Thanks for joining us. That's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Briefing.com provides independent, which I love, live market analysis for the U.S. and international markets. It's a service you can find at Briefing.com. It's Briefing.com. They're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. You can find them if you look for them. They're in every place you need to find. So something happens to me, great source of information, even better source of information, Briefing.com. Lots doing on these markets today. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Again, like China's slowing down, but Japan's getting a little bit of strength. That's worthy of note. Europe seems to know their problems, and they're working through their problems slightly differently than the United States did, but it's pretty well known. There's two analysts out there today who I think are ultimately pushing the markets. And when I say analysts, I should probably correct that and say there's two type of investors. There's some head fund managers out there, David Tepper and Dan Loeb, shaking up the markets. I don't know how I feel about that because clearly they're doing it at a time when the markets are going well. But David Tepper said, you know, what place would you invest in now? He said, basically anywhere. If that's not a bullish comment, I don't know what is. I really don't. Dan Loeb basically shaking up Japan, saying the weaker yen, now's the time to start, you know, breaking up some of your companies. And he's right. Will Japan do it? Will it unlock value? Unlocking value would be a very nice thing for you and me, per se. We'll see. Anyway, every Tuesday morning, 7.33, Patrick O'Hare joins us. Tomorrow, 8.33, Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, Briefing.com. You listen to me, Rob Black. The show is Rob Black, your money. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I'll try to keep it simple for you. We'll talk markets when we come back. 800-516-1220. If you want to get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. AM 1220, KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is... You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So there's been a lot of talk recently that the Obama administration is going to make it difficult for the Republicans in the next round. No, I'm sorry. The Obama administration is going to make it difficult for the Democrats in the next election. The IRS scandal at this point in time targeting the Tea Party, the Benghazi cover-up, and or not cover-up. His administration's looking kind of like dirty. Will it or will it not hold? I don't know. People tend to vote with their checkbook more often than not, except for the last election. So... I was watching SpongeBob SquarePants recently, and it dawned on me that he never gives up on Squidward. 
I love that. I want you to find something that you would never give up on. One of the mistakes I think people tend to make when it comes to investing is they don't have the right time frame. People can't risk the market. Where should they put their money? Never put money in the stock market. You'll need less than three years. It's a common rule of thumb. Investors often wonder if they do have financial obligations coming up less than three years. Where are they supposed to put that cash if it's not going in the stock market? The national average on savings accounts is one-tenth of a percent as far as what you get in yield. And that doesn't keep up with inflation. Now, you can do better if you shop around. Every bank pays about 1%. Online savings accounts aren't easy to use. They're not difficult in any way, shape, or form. But I don't think they're the easiest thing for people to get used to. I highly recommend figuring out your time frame before you figure out whether or not you want to buy a stock. Because I think you end up hurting yourself by overcommitting and then saying, uh-oh, I need that money. I think we have to start looking at everything we can look at as an investor. If you're going to invest in stocks, you got to study a little Japan. you got to study a little China. Got to study a little Europe. Got to look at Mexico as a manufacturing hub that everyone's moving towards because they want to get close to the U.S. consumer. It's a lot cheaper to manufacture in Mexico and ship to the United States than manufacture overseas and ship to the United States. In Europe, you have to know that you know the single currency is a problem. That they've done something called zombification. I think their risk right now is still about mid to slightly on the downside. I think the United States continues to heal. I would be cautious that you don't get too greedy or fearful with the United States. It's nice to see the housing market do well because that helps a lot of people in retirement. China growing at 6%, 7 7.5% is okay. Liquidity is huge right now. Cost of money is cheap. You know, I refinanced my mortgage last year, and of course I could have got it a little bit lower. Bank of America is a big leader this year, up 2.5% today. Best performing S&P 500 sector is financials. There's a story out there that says states should lower the alcohol limit 0.05%. Drunk driving attorneys are cheering. States are cheering. Now, the United States is behind most other countries, most in Europe. We've got the uh, loosest alcohol laws in the nation, in the world. The risk of a crash at 0.05% is half what it is at 0.08%. I'm looking forward to the Google cars, the self-driving cars, the self-helping cars. No one should be taken from this planet early because of alcohol. So, do I agree with that? I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know. 
I can tell you that it's a big money business in the United States. Mark Ockren, he invented the Klingon language. Bing said today that they're going to come up with a translator. So you can learn how to translate Vulcan into, not Vulcan, Klingon. Klingon into, the, into English as well as Klingon, English and Klingon. You got an upcoming Paramount film, Star Trek Into Darkness. J.J. Abrams. It's, that guy's golden right now. Almost anything he touches turns to gold. Verizon Wireless agrees to pay $7 billion dividend today. That took me a little bit by surprise. I think it took many on Wall Street by surprise. That's a pretty big chunk. Now, in my lifetime, we've gone from AT&T and all the, the bells to break them up to where they are now. Basically all getting back together. Verizon Wireless, the mobile phone joint venture between Verizon Communications and Vodafone Group, plans to pay a $7 billion dividend to its co-owners. There's a lot big stress between the two companies. Verizon, which owns 55% of the business, will receive $3.8 billion. Vodafone will get $3.1 billion. Sort of a negotiation tactic for Verizon Communication, which wants to buy out Vodafone's stake in the business. So, complete surprise runs counter to some of the way that reports are typically generated in the media. So, it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. Verizon's communicated with analysts that it believes the fair value of Vodafone's stake is about $100 billion. That would be a pretty big deal if that were to come through. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Hopefully you watched the last third period of the Bruins game last night. Pretty exciting stuff. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. We'll take a break here. This is Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. It's a fact. One of the first things people see when they look at you is your... Your place for great music and good, clean family finishing touches. This brand new three-bedroom, two-bath home on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things investing money, stock markets. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Hopefully. Oh, of course I got to sneeze again, right? Today, some big stories out there. American investor Dan Loeb, known for starting big fights, the one that led to Yahoo's former CEO being ousted. He's putting pressure on Sony to spin off part of its entertainment arm. David Tepper, one of the most successful, highest-paid hedge fund managers in the world. He's on CNBC this morning, revealing that he's still bullish on stocks says that if you're short stocks, you may want to get a shovel out because you're going to get buried. Fox and Twitter, they're teaming up to promote TV shows, sell ads. They're going to distribute video clips via Twitter, Fox will. Interesting concept. They're bringing 24 back next year, but only get this for 12 hours instead of 24 hours. So Twitter is in talks with other networks, too, partnering with ESPN, and it's getting us video clips sent out. 
So, very interesting stuff. College bubbles starting to burst a little bit. Private colleges are offering record financial assistance to help keep classrooms full. Some schools are seeing just 20% of the students that accepted enroll. Tesla's higher again today. Tesla manufactures cars. I, I, I can't get my head around why the stock is moving so far. It got great reviews, number one. It's no longer going to run out of money as much as how much money will they make. So the stock has gone from basically from 34 bucks about a month ago to $90 today. Up 3.4% today. Other headline-worthy or cringeworthy notes. Thieves stole over $100,000 from Justin Bieber after a South African concert using ropes, hammers, and chisels. They reportedly stole more than 100000 of his concert money, breaking into a secure room at the stadium, following his performance. The National Transportation Safety Board has said time to lower the definition of drunk driving. Basically, 0.05 versus 0.08, saying that it'll save another 50% of the accidents, lives. The difference between a 0.08 and 0.05 is one to two mixed drinks, glasses of wine, 12-ounce beers over three hours. One to two mixed drinks, glasses of wine, or beers over three hours. 180-pound man could consume four drinks in three hours before reaching 0.05. 140-pound woman could do three drinks over the same period of time. Big business. Huge business. If you ever get a DUI, it's good $10,000 First one, second one's even more. Time missed from work for going to classes. The cost to your insurance going higher. So being able to detect alcohol in a person's breath without requiring blowing into a machine... There's a new device out there. Passive alcohol sensing devices. I don't know if I have an opinion on it, other than to say, again, everything in your life involves money. And I hope you start seeing that sooner than later. For instance, the free health care that we're going to get next year, it ain't all that free. A lot of people think Medicare is free. It ain't. Expected premium increases on individual markets under the Affordable Care Act will provide cheaper health insurance for millions of Americans. But some people, particularly young men, who are not insured through their employers, could see their premiums go up once coverage and state-based insurance exchanges begin in January. A lot of people don't realize they're going to have to pay for health care next year. Now, subsidies are going to be available for those with incomes of up to 400% of the poverty line, i.e. roughly $45,000 for an individual, $92,000 for a family. It's going to be an interesting year next year. I mean, I I say that honestly, and I hope you don't think I'm mocking anyone. Take twos up 6% today after beating analyst expectations. Um, SodaStream, price target raised $68. They are one of those companies that almost seems like a one-trick pony i.e. they make a soda machine where you can buy carbonation and make your own sodas for probably pennies on the dollar versus what you pay. Gold's in the news today. 
really basically going sideways for the last month after having a big drop. 14.33 an ounce. SP 500's up 12 today. NASDAQ up 26, Dow up 72. Um, so Dan Loeb saying, you know, Sony should break up. BlackBerry is unveiling some mid-tier smartphones that are considered ideal for emerging markets. I throw this out there in large part. uh, Does anyone think BlackBerry can survive? Yeah, they've stopped their bleeding. BlackBerry is trying to inspire confidence right now with hyper-competitive industry that Samsung, Apple, Google, Microsoft all play into. When should you start taking Social Security? Most people advise later rather than earlier. I know some people that say earlier rather than later. I think it's something that has to be analyzed. It's hard to match guaranteed annual return you get from delaying Social Security benefits. So that's worthy of note. San Francisco is interesting in the news today. In large part, leasing by San Francisco area tech firms is slowing just as developers poised to add about 6.5 million square feet of office space to the city in Silicon Valley. It's the most construction in 12 years. So we've overbuilt down here in the Bay Area, on the peninsula, in the city. Can we absorb all that? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Other big stories of note, Verizon's throwing in a $7 billion Verizon Wireless paying their co-owners $7 billion dividend. I like that story. I don't like that story a lot, but I like that story. There's always going to be rumors out there about Apple. The low-cost phone is probably the biggest one. There's going to be a big redesign of software. You know, Apple has to compete with Google. Apple has to compete with Microsoft. Apple has to compete with BlackBerry. But then again, Apple could buy BlackBerry. Low-cost iPhone. Obviously, a bigger screen. The iWatch. What will it look like? In the April conference call, CEO Tim Cook said that he's working on some exciting products. People are like, interesting. What's it going to be? The ITV, will that eventually happen? I think everyone expects it to. And the big iPhone. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me on Facebook. Group page, I Hate Rob Black. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. Well, 20 KDOW traffic. We should never meet our heroes when they fell at their feet. In the end, it wasn't me. This is my life. Oh, am I breathing? 
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Got an event coming up that I'm going to announce in the next couple of days. But I don't think we're in a rush to announce it. It's going to be early June, and then I'm basically done for the summer. Hopefully you can get out to these events. Um, This will be a Money 102, as well as a Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. Not dropping Money 101, just taking some time off from it. Kind of push myself into new content. Um, What's interesting to note this morning is there's a couple of people who are incredibly bullish on Wall Street. And these are not controversial people. These are people who've been more right than wrong in the past. David Tepper, he showed a chart to show that stocks are incredibly cheap. It was uh, from the blog Liberty Street Economics. It's hosted by the New York Fed. And based on traditional measures of equity risk premium, stocks are about as cheap as they've been in 50 years, which is a function of the ultra-low yield on bonds. The chart shows the weighted average of 29 models for one month ahead equity risk premium with the weight selected so the single measure explains as much as the variable across models as possible. And when you read this, it's, it's pretty compelling. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. A chart is just a chart. The value of 5.4% for December 2012 is about as high as it's ever been. The previous two peaks corresponded in November 1974 and January 2009. So it's difficult to say, okay, this, this chart tells me everything I need to know. I'm going to move on. It's not that easy. Sorry. I get really angry when I hear commercials or promotion of awful product. Some idiot out there right now is promoting the market is dangerous. Sell your stocks and your IRA and buy real estate, land. They're not making any more of it. Actually, they are. As military bases close down, there's more land for development than was ever there before. So, people are falling behind on their student loans at a time when the cost of a student loan, not a cost of a student loan, but a college education, is starting to slow. The states that have the worst student loan problems, Florida, Louisiana, Texas, California, kind of right in the middle. New York State, Michigan, are amongst the lower. But South Dakota is the lowest, 6.5%. West Virginia is the highest at 18%, student loan delinquency. Those are shameful numbers. I don't know how to say this without saying it. We need to educate our people better. So anytime a politician says, I'm going to invest in infrastructure or education, I'm in. 
And the reason being is that infrastructure puts people to work, and it cuts down on how much gas we're wasting, which is a total, you know, just crapper of, like, kills productivity. Just kills productivity. Like, you get nothing out of wasting gasoline. NHL round two of the Stanley Cup Finals kicks off tonight. The NHL messed up scheduling game sevens. They had two going at the exact same time yesterday. Nothing is bigger than NHL than a game seven. Especially when three of the league's original six, Boston, Toronto, and New York are involved. That Toronto and Boston game, oh man. You almost felt bad for Toronto for their collapse. So to maximize ratings by having the games not overlap, hockey fans forced to choose between the two games. Both games went head-to-head against the Miami Heat and Chicago Bulls. So NHL needs to market better. they got product. Bank of America's ad agency just named their former secretary as its new CEO. Awesome, right? She literally worked her way up from the bottom. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. JC Penney's day is saying they're done apologizing and they said, Thank you, you've come back to us. In the world of investing, if you're someone who's shorting that stock, that's a scary phrase. Because you're counting on the worst case scenario continuing to hit. So Penny's is up slightly today. On that news. Taking a look at the market numbers today. We've had a lot of good Tuesdays on the Dow Jones Industrial Average this year. In fact, every Tuesday has been good. SP 500 is hitting a new record high, up 12 points today at 1646. Dow's up 74 at 15,166. Nasdaq's up 25 at 3464. Gold sits at 1434 and ounce. 10 year Treasury sits at 1.91%. Now, that's intriguing to me. I'm not sure if it's intriguing to you. In the last couple of months, we've seen the 10-year Treasury, which kind of is a flight to safety. In the last month, it's gone from a reading of 165, 163, all the way up to 191. That's a better yield considerably. So when things move on small numbers, 1% to 2%, it's a lot more powerful than 6% to 8%. Percentage-wise, I throw that out there because it's going to get tougher for dollars to go to stocks only as that 10-year Treasury goes higher. Now, again, 1.9% is okay. There's not a lot of equity risk there. But you look at like a Verizon, you go, okay, yes, no, maybe so. Stocks had a big run. Yeah, I'm getting 4 to 5% there, 3 three to 4%, depending on where the stock is, how much of a run it's had. I can go with my Procter & Gamble, my Johnson & Johnson. I can go with whatever I want to go with, or I can go with the 10-year Treasury. As that 10-year Treasury creeps higher, you're going to see it tougher for big cap conglomerates to go higher. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we'll talk more investing. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. 
I'm going to work on my bios, my webpage content later today so I can finally launch that new website. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. That's Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I have been absolutely 100% wrong on Tesla. I've sat there in awe and disbelief as it moves from 25, 30 bucks a share to 90 bucks a share. It gets 99 out of 100 report on consumer reports. That's a pretty good rating, right? Elon Musk, chairman of the Palo Alto, California-based Tesla Motors, his, his net worth has doubled this year to 4.8 billion. Things move in cycles, Musk said by email. What really matters is whether it's an upward or downward sloping sine wave over time. Tesla's market cap, $8.8 billion, more than Fiat, majority owner of Chrysler Group. Fiat and Chrysler delivered a combined 1.02 million cars and trucks in the first quarter. Tesla sold 4900 Okay. Hecklers are looking at a company like Tesla and going, I don't get it. That valuation is way high. But... One thing that we're missing here is that one of the reasons their sales are high and they're going to be able to survive, and hedge funds are getting cremated on this. They had predicted a, a flop. One of the reasons they're moving higher is credits. California requires large car makers to have varying amounts of zero-emission vehicle credits from electric auto sales to curb tailpipe exhaust. Tesla also has credits to sell under federal regulations on fuel economy and greenhouse gas emissions. Company's total quarterly sales of 561 million is real revenue. But Tesla's being aided by California and by U.S. credits. It's worthy of note. Again, was I wrong on stock? Absolutely. To me, they're a company that manufactures things. If you take away those credits, they're losing millions and millions and millions of dollars. But the credits are there, so they're very real. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers today. We do have an interesting day unfolding. A lot of good stories from Dan Loeb. It's David Tepper. SP 500 up 12, the Dow's up 73, the Nasdaq's up 25. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton with NewFocusFinancial.com, or he can be found at NewFocusFinancial.com. Email comes from Cody. I'm interested in laws in California in regards to palimony. I'm in a great relationship. I've been in it for seven years, but I want to protect myself. I make $90,000 a year, twice as much as my partner. I'm a saver. My name is on the house. Uh, seven years of living together, she has a kid. I put down 55000 on the house. If we split, we split all costs in half. She's got that boy. Is my savings house 401k union pension at risk if things go south? What do I do to protect my assets? Well, 
It's a commingling situation. So if you have assets prior to marriage, or a lot of times this has to be done before cohabitation. Right. So let's say that you're going to get engaged and living live together. Unfortunately, the best idea is to get the prenup prior to right. cohabitation. But even with that said, you should be able to to separate and keep your own assets separate as long as you don't. So if you had the house before he shacked up with her, and it's only in his name, it's going to always be only in his name. Yeah, but where you can run into problems is that if they've used joint income to continue to make the mortgage payments, it taints the property. It's no longer a separate property, and it's a community property. So you need to keep very specific records and say, okay, your money that you're paying is going to cable and everything else. My money is paying the mortgage payments. He's basically screwed because he probably hasn't done that. They probably have a joint savings account where they both fund it, is my guess. Right. Well, so let's say you come in and you have a taxable account you've been funding for a long time, an IRA, and your 401k. So what you need to do is once you get married or go into a cohabitation, is is really stop funding that account and fund other accounts. Make sure that that's listed and do your own trust, your own living trust. And in your living trust, you have a schedule of community properties and separate properties. Clearly list that as a separate property and no longer fund it with joint assets. If you get money from inheritance or a gift, that can go into that separate property account to make sure that that doesn't get tainted with community property. Um, But even your 401k, you keep clear records of what the value was before you got married. And then, because that all the the value prior to marriage, that's all yours. But it's going to be funded now with community property assets, which is your salary. So that you have to... uh, Long story, be split. long story short, because he's thinking of it in year seven, probably she is entitled to half. Mm-hmm. Um, and most lawyers and most uh, mediators would say, just split it in half, because you're not going to be able to back out of this without getting a huge legal bill to end. Well, it's pretty easy. If you do a good job in keeping separate assets separate, it's If good. you do, if yeah. they, again, he's asking at, in fear more so than in planning. Mm-hmm. So my advice is, if you're going to live with women in the state of California, is treat them like a four-year bottle of wine. It goes bad after four years. Don't get to that fifth year of cohabitation. <laughs> never, ever, never. That one female listener you have is now gone. I'm teasing. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, no. That shows women wait, investing. Wait, 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 wait. I know. You know, I met that, you know, I met that woman last year. It was 29. She right. lived with a guy for six years. She had maxed out her 401k. She had paid $30,000 of his debt off. Mm-hmm. She was cohabitating. He could have taken her for 50% of her worth, even though he spent everything and saved nothing. Um, she was the breadwinner, yeah. or she was the saver. And in the state of California, he could have gone to court and said, I want some of that. Well, most marriages end. You know, 50% of them end, and then they go do it again. And so if you're now going you to do it again. one married couple have been married for 40 years. <laughs> But let's talk about a prenup agreement, too, especially as a business owner, because what you can clearly spell out in a prenup, for example, or typically if you do it right, um, so I've been told I'm not an attorney, so don't think of this as legal advice, but um, if you're a business owner, you get a certain amount of money from salary and a certain amount from profit distributions, and in the prenup, you might need to spell out that, okay, the salary is community property going forward, but the profit distributions aren't. Okay. That's something to think about. If you've been burned and you've already lost half your company in a in a divorce, right? Then you also have to think about protecting that again. Don't do the don't make the same mistake. Prenups, postnups, all good things to talk about. And again, Cody, if you're worried, strongly consider sitting down with her in the good times and saying, like, look, I'm, I want to protect you. I want to protect me. I want to make sure that we plan for you know our future financially intelligently. So let's do this now. There's no shame in having the conversation honestly and openly versus waiting till you know 
what's going to come out of the dark. Any last thoughts in the last 30 seconds? Uh, no, I mean, it's something that you probably should educate your kids to because, um, you know, basically the age of our audience, a lot of people have kids and starting to talk to them about these types of finance issues, warning them about knowing the financial views, goals of people that they're starting to date, yep. um, their credit, you know, how they view money. It's, it's really important to talk to your kids about this stuff as well. I tell people in their 20s, marry wisely, wait till you're 30, maybe 35. To get your calls on the air, you can always call the show 800-516-1220. You can find chat at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. This market keeps taking out record highs or old record highs. Wow. It's not a market I would want to be short of. There's too many people who are saying stocks are cheap. There's too many people who have been sitting on the sidelines for too long. BlackBerry said today that they're expanding its messaging services known as BBM to rival smartphone platforms, iOS and Android. I just, I honestly can't care. Microsoft's Reller touts Windows 8 success. They're coming out with Windows Blue in June, I believe, because Windows 8 wasn't that successful. It's going to be releasing Windows 8.1. Vista... Windows 7 fixed a lot of problems with Windows Vista. Will Windows 8.1 fix a lot of problems of Windows? I played with it for about a month, and I just hated it. I felt the learning curve was steep. I didn't like the improvements. Um, I was playing with it on a desktop, not on a tablet. U.S. import prices declined one-half of 1% in April because of lower oil costs. Yahoo price target raised to 30 bucks over at Goldman Sachs due to an estimated value of Alibaba at 70 billion, up from 35 billion. Here's the problem with this. Basically, now looking at Yahoo as a play on an IPO, and then what? Sony says entertainment options and operations not for sale. Dan Loeb's giving a six and a half percent stake in Sony. He's calling for a breakup of the company. Includes one of the Hollywood's biggest film studios, one of the world's largest music labels. Um, Fed's Plosser, Philly Fed Chairman Plosser. He thinks the Federal Reserve should slow and then halt bond buys. This is genius because it's called a balloon. He's coming out there and he's saying, you know, this is one thing we may consider. Let's see how the market reacts to it. Hmm. Icon names, Dell board nominees, boring, 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 boring. But they did say that they're going to come out and release data early this week, in large part because they're going to have a bad quarter. Let's keep an eye on that for Dell. Again, that's bad for probably all PC stocks, right, on some level. See how the old Dell is traded today? Uh, Down fractions. Not too bad, even though they're going to expe- blow expectations earnings. That tells you maybe a lot of it's priced into these companies. Let's see how Intel's trading off that news, because Dell and Intel, they're not tied to the hip. Intel's down slightly. Some the boys over at Apple. I own shares of Apple. It's all a broker. I don't think actually any stocks mentioned. Apple's down $1.80 to $4.52. You listen to me, Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online, robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. 
Facebook, I hate Rob Black. Facebook group page, I hate Rob Black. Or Cron for Rob Black. You can find me on YouTube at Rob Black Show. Jones Industrial Average is trading at the... Building up more and more people in this market as long as that... You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. It's interesting of how we embrace or don't embrace technology. Blackberry's out there today touting new product. And I'm like, eh. I never was a Blackberry, Crackberry user. I liked Palm at that point in my life. The keyboard was very tactile and I, I dug it. Needless to say, they didn't survive. Where do we go with this? So BlackBerry, will they survive or not? Will they be able to get back old users after they've had product after product launch fail? I don't think people are willing to go backwards. Even if it is some sort of significant improvement, they're still like, okay, I went on to the other girl, sorry. But on the other hand, you know, Square today introduced a stand. It's a hardware device that cradles an iPad. It turns into a countertop point-of-sale system. Former Apple executive led the development of Stan. It opens the door for brick-and-mortar, high-volume businesses to use Square's payment systems. I like the idea of no more paper receipts. The aesthetics of the product is beautiful. Is Stan supposed to be profitable, or is it supposed to get you using the Square Payment ecosystem? It could be both. So they're building their own. Other people have built them. One of the benefits for longer term is that you don't have to think about it. Starbucks may or may not use it. Anyway, uh, Jack Dorsey is someone I admire. I think he's doing the right things with Square. You know, today he announces a a piece of hardware, $299 piece of hardware. I think retailers would much rather have them email you a receipt versus having you a printed receipt and you're done. Yeah, they may be able to mail you junk, but they prefer to email you junk. Defense Department said today they're going to trim furlough days down to 11. Companies like General Dynamics and Boeing are intriguing to me, in large part because a lot of people have assumed some of the worst-case scenarios as far as federal agency spending goes. Pentagon has to cut as much as $41 billion by September 30th because of forced spending cuts that went into effect on March 1st. Department of Defense, at one point in time, told their civilian workforce you're going to be taking 22 days furloughed of unpaid time. Now they've cut it from 14 days down to 11 days. 
So we're managing. Is it good austerity? Is it bad austerity? I don't know. I deal with what I, I get in front of me. And right now what I get is a market that's low based on valuation. It's high based on where it's come from. SP 500 is up 13 today. The Dow's up 80. The Nasdaq up 27. About six weeks ago, I read an email from an Ameriprise financial advisor who I kind of laughed at, where he was bringing up every negative of why the market's going to go lower. And I'm like, Mr. Dumas, we know everything you've already said. Nothing you've said is new. So there's a lot of people who live in that fear bubble of, well, I see it, but trust me, the market's already seen it and priced it in. The market is a discounting mechanism. It's an odd concept, but I think it works. Americans are spending less on gas at the same time the oil market's undergoing a supply shock. What's that mean? Oil trading mostly lower, struggling to hold on to $95 barrel at the IEA, the International Energy Agency. Strong oil production in the United States is expected to outpace the demand in high-growth emerging markets. Rising dollars having a limiting effect so far on commodity prices. So that's fun to watch. Hedge fund manager out there today saying stocks cheap. Hedge fund manager out there today saying Sony should be rake up. So Sony is responsible for movies like Skyfall and artists like Taylor Swift. That's who we have to blame. I know you're saying, you turn tables. You used to love her. Look, I'm cold, I'm calculate, I'm mean, I move on. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. The total amount of debt held by Americans fell again in the first three months of the year. It's now at the lowest level since the middle of 2006. Level of household debt fell by $110 billion or 1% to $11.2 trillion, mainly because consumers reduced their mortgage obligations and used credit cards less. Joe Biden's out there today saying that he sees no legal reason why we can't tax violent video games. Just another reason I, I hate politicians. I see no reason why we can't tax violent video games. Why don't we tax, you know, people who dirty their underwear? Or why don't we tax people that uh, use wooden hangers instead of wire hangers? Seems odd to me to go after violent video games. Guns didn't kill people. It was deranged individuals that killed people. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Um, I think that's about all I got for you today. Tesla, again, continuing to roll higher. And again, I show that to you because I'm not trying to say I'm always right. I was wrong on that one. Um, you can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Other big stories of note today that we should hit ever so quickly. Next year's going to be an interesting year because of Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act, ACA. April X.
views and opinions expressed by Rob Black. And- Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.